Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. You are listening to the Fumble Rooski Podcast by Power 88 Beam Radio and Fans Only Sports Network. I am your host, Justin Tucker, along with my good friends, CJ Medeiros and Justin Hill. How are you guys doing tonight? You know, I'm great. You know, because what we're about to get into, you know, in the later segments, you know, spoiler alert with the draft. I'm a draft guy. I'm happy. How about doing you? great, Justin. Doing great, man. Uh, I, I, I'm doing all right. Uh, uh, for tonight, I'm doing the hosting duties because uh, Adam, unfortunately, had a lot of homework to deal with. So, you know, I got to deal. I got to do the hosting, but I don't mind. You know, it's about time we have a quality host up in here. <laughs> Whoa. Oh, uh, I'm, kidding. I'm kidding. I miss Adam. But enough about that. We have we have a great show for you guys tonight. Um we will continue with our draft cover- coverage, evaluating all the best defensive players in this episode. We'll give you an update on free agency. But first, we got to address an absolute tragedy which happened over this past weekend. <sighs> Dwayne Haskins tragically passed away at age 24 while crossing a highway and was hit by a dump truck. Guys, this is an unfortunate situation and very unfortunate to hear about. How did you guys feel when you first heard the news? Uh, wow, this is strange. You know, it's not something you expect to happen. I remember when I first read the news, I was shocked. I mean, what else can you call it? That initial reaction. It's not something you expect to happen. You know, he was only 24. And, you know... It, then it's like this wave of disbelief kind of sets in, if you know what I mean. It's just mm-hmm. you're kind of like, I don't want to say in denial, but for lack of a better term, I'll say it's like, no, no, no. But, but yeah, then, you know, it kind of sits with you for a while. You're just like, wow, this could have been avoided. You know, like this didn't have to happen. This wasn't, he didn't die of a natural cause. He was literally hit by a dump truck. And that's just, I just. I, I don't really like talking about it, so to stop. I'll just want to say is I feel so bad for the guy and my thoughts are like with his wife and the rest of his family. Like I I'm, I'm truly sorry. Mm-hmm. J Hill. Um right now um condolences to his family, his wife, his mom, his dad, and everyone around him close to especially to the Steelers organization and to his teammates as well. Um this was a, a bright kid looking for a, a better chance in the in the league. Um, he was preparing this offseason to hopefully become either a backup or a star in order that the Steelers are in rebuild mode. However, less um with his life, he's he had a great life. Um he dreamed of being in the NFL. His one dream was to play and he got his and he got his wish. And um he, he was a great phenomenal player at Ohio State, as you remember. And his dream one day was to be in the NFL. He predicted that he wanted to go to Ohio State and play in the NFL and it happened. So um tragic situation but condolences to his um his wife mom his dad and his family so prayers out i completely agree with both of y'all condolences to the friends and family of Dwayne haskins when i first heard about it i was like scrolling through twitter like it was a regular day then all of a sudden i see a report from adam schefter saying that Dwayne haskins has passed away and then going down like saying like the struggles he was going through and unfortunate as it may be, and I know that Adam Schefter didn't mean it in the way it was said, that's not what you need to say at that moment in time. I understand that 
he's just doing his job in reporting, but the way it was said was not the best way of saying it. I'm glad he came out and apologized for the way it was said, but it could have been done better. It's just an, a very unfortunate situation all around, and my thoughts and prayers go out to his friends and family. Yeah. Then a little more on like what you said about Schefter. Um, former Cowboys executive Gil Brandt, maybe you've heard, had like a yeah. lot of insensitive statements, things that I – I mean, there's they're not like – expletives but it's really nothing i want to repeat here but i remember seeing that and i just felt disgust like dude have some respect man but that that's all just i want to say and then and like you know gil brandt had to apologize but you know he shouldn't have to apologize because he shouldn't have said it you don't have to apologize if you literally don't say it like why would you tweet that I'm just glad he apologized, but he just shouldn't have said that plain and simple. Mm-hmm. Jay, any last thoughts? Um, seeing with the SEAL organization, I know that he was literally in um not training camp, but like you know, off-season workouts. He was um very prepared. And um you look at he was just he was just there to just do his job, and that was just to play football. And like no matter what your past is at least he tried his best before his last day. So rest in peace to his fam, to him and um, prayers to his, um, his wife, parents, siblings, and um, into um, Ohio state and to the Pittsburgh Steelers as well. And because he was fighting for an NFL job and um, um, just prayers. Mm-hmm. RIP to Dwayne Haskins. We will be right back with the Fumble Ruski podcast. Welcome back, everybody. Welcome back to the Former Ruski Podcast. And right now we are talking about the latest in the NFL free agency. Uh, Tyron Matthew visited the Saints and the Eagles this weekend. Melvin Gordon visited your boy's home team, the Baltimore Ravens. Please get that contract signed. Mel- uh, Melvin Ingram met with the Dolphins today. The Browns have re-expressed interest in re-signing Jadavion Clowney. Uh, Jarvis Landry and Jarvis Landry. Rams wide receiver Allen Robinson appears to be recruiting D-tackle Akeem Hicks from the Chicago Bears. Oh, my God. Imagine Akeem Hicks and Aaron Donald on the same line. Uh, D-tackle Clayus Campbell comes back to the Ravens, and Stephon Gilmore remains a free agent. I mean, remains unsigned with the team right now. And right now, OJ, Odell Beckham Jr. is the betting favorite to land with the Patriots, according to sportsbook.com. That had, and this has been your update for free agency.
Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back to the Fumble Ruski Podcast. Well, for this segment, we will be talking about your favorite front seven players in this draft. For this segment, each of us will t- talk about a player in the front seven that we would like to see or we would like to express interest in, and then we'll go around and talk about it. CJ, the floor is yours. Thanks, uh, Justin. So, you know, when I'm thinking about the front seven, when people think about it, they, they think of like, you know, DTs, edge rushers, but no, 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 no. I'm looking at the linebackers, specifically Devin Lloyd out of Utah. Now, this guy, he's got all the measurables you want in a modern day linebacker. Runs about a 4640, 6'3, 235 pounds, 33 inch arms. And this guy is a beast. And. As it sits right now, like I just he's easily, in my opinion, far and away the best linebacker in this draft. I mean, that's just the fact of the matter. I mean, this is what he is. And what I like about him is that he's pro ready. He can play multiple linebacker spots. He can play the Mike, he can play the Will, and he can play the Sam. He stuffs the stat sheet. And what I like about him is that a lot of linebackers like to drop into coverage. You know, maybe get a pick. They're more coverage reliable. Oh, no, not this guy. He plays physical, and he plays aggressive. And he's a great downhill runner, and he is not afraid to put the hurt on some of these wide receivers and running backs. He's got good ball skills, and he's like a wide-arm tackler. He's basically everything you want for in a linebacker, and this guy can start right, start on day one and give you an impact right off the bat. Very good. I I actually do need an inside linebacker right now because Bleak Harrison isn't panning out the way I want to. So Devin Lloyd may be an option I might have to look into. Uh, Justin, what do you think? Um, for me, actually, since you guys are, know a lot about the draft more than me this year, because like you know, like it's not like a huge class, but this class looks like about. O-line and defense so far. Like, I did a couple of reasons before we started. So, there's a prediction for, like, pick number 15 that the Eagles might get um, Jordan Davis at D-line. So, like, what, I, what I'm, like, actually reading right now, not to go off script. So, like, Davis dropped some weight and showed up at the combine. And he, he was listed at 341 pounds and, like, ran a uh, 40 and 4.78 seconds. And that's, pre- and that's pretty good weighing at that. Cause like the um the um in this day and age, like with the defenders, a lot of people can't run, especially at that position. But to see him at run run at that type of speed and jump ten feet and just three inches, and like his um vertical was at um thirty two, that's pretty that's pretty impressive. And I definitely and plus with the Eagles right now, they're looking for a couple defenders after that heartbreak loss to the. Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So seeing a team like the Eagles, knowing that they're all about defense, knowing about like that right there, he could definitely help some speed towards Fletcher um, Cox and Darius Slay throughout the d- defense. So that, that's pretty enjoyable right there. Mm-hmm. All right, boys, for my pick, I chose Kayvon Thibodeau, uh, pass rusher out of Oregon. Now, he's an interesting case because He's not going to be the first overall pass pick out of this draft because it's going to go to the other pass rusher of this group, uh, Aiden Hutchinson. But, however, he can go from anywhere from two all the way up to 14. 
because that's just the way his stock has been fluctuating as of re- as of recency. I mean, as of recently. On the field, the tape looks good. It's just the off-the-field concerns because apparently after he's been meeting with all the teams, for some reason his stock just keeps fluctuating between going to Detroit or going to us because I don't think he's getting past 14. As a matter of fact, he shouldn't get past two because that's just how good of a transcendent player he is. I believe if he gets around the right system, he can be a dominant player for a decade minimum. I think he's one of those franchise pass rushers that you build your defense around. And if I have him next to Odafe away, my defense is going to be solid for the next few years. So I'd be very fortunate to have him on my line. And he's very athletic and he's a freak of nature. So I'm very happy if the Ravens somehow either move up to get him or he somehow lands on the Ravens and the Ravens pick. So, I like where you're coming from, Justin. So let me ask you this, both of you guys. How do you feel about, not to go off topic off the script, but, like, how do you feel about this year's draft class compared to last year? Honestly, I think this draft class is a lot better than people give it credit for. They see a lack of, like, star quarterback talent. And, you know, because quarterback's the biggest position, they're quick to write it off. But I wouldn't say so. There's a great group of wide receivers in this draft. There's uh, this O-line class is one of the best, including mm-hmm. center Tyler Linderbaum, who's like one of the best center prospects we've ever seen. This D-line class is amazing. There's a really deep linebacker class, and the corners are a bit top-heavy, but hey, you could get some future All-Pros there. And the safeties aren't half bad either. But I would say the running backs aren't great. The tight ends, there's like one or two that could maybe go in the second round. But, like, the overall, this is a really stacked defense class, and I'm a defensive-minded type of fella. So I, I don't hate it. But like I said, we had to stop judging draft classes based on the quarterbacks, all right, because that's just, that's just not a way to go about it. When you look at some of these truly special guys at receiver and corner and in the trenches, like, you could get yourself a franchise tackle or pass rusher for – you know, in the first round, maybe even in the second. So just my point is, I'm not saying it's the best draft, but please do not sleep on this draft. I get what you're saying, CJ. And like, you make you make a tremendous point about like, don't sleep on the draft. And also like, this can help your team for years to come. We've seen teams that are like looking for defenders in this league and like they want a building something. You look at the Buccaneers, for example, they were able to get Devin White and a bunch of other players. And out of that in two years, they want a winning Super Bowl. So like, that were, they were just saying to you, you make a valid point because defenders and defense, they win championships. You, Justin? As far as this draft class is concerned, I think it's getting heavenly slept on in comparison to last year's draft class. I agree the quarterback, like, star power out of it isn't the same as it was last year because we had five legitimate quarterbacks that could go in the first round, and right now we're seeing, like, two, maybe three-ish quarterbacks that could do it with Pink, uh, Pinkett, Ryder, and uh, Willis. We'll just see where they'll go. I don't think they'll be, like, number one, two, and three, just like last year, like Trevor Lawrence, uh, Trey Lance, and Zach Wilson. Um, the wide receiver core, I'm not as high on as it, as it was last year because, again, when you had Jamar Chase, Jalen Waddle, and Devontae Smith coming out of the draft class, it's kind of hard to compete. But I think it's severely under – there are some underrated gems there, like Sky Moore, that will be available in the second round. I think it's 
a lot more defensive heavy, especially in the front seven, more so than usual. But I'm fine with that. I appreciate that. And I think the line, the O-line this year is very good. And you'll possibly find a good prospect there. So I think it's more so line defensive oriented than it is like skill positions. And I agree with CJ that it's more top heavy for cornerbacks and skill positions than any other draft class this year. Yeah. Yeah. I'm hearing you. I'm hearing you. But I just want to say one thing about these quarterbacks. This is my opinion, you know, before we move on, Mm -hmm. because you were talking about people that could go in the first round. I know quarterbacks are going to go in the first round. At least two always go in the first round. But you have to believe me when I say none of them are first-round talents. I don't think Malik Willis is a first-round talent, nor do I think Kenny Pickett or Matt Corral or Desmond Ritter or Sam Howell or Carson Strong are first-round talents. I'm not saying they can't be good. I just don't think they should go in the first round. But – and, my, and to further this point, if these guys all came out last season, you know, like the Trevor Lawrences and the Mac Joneses, uh, they would not go in the first round. I'm sorry. If someone like – who was the fifth quarterback that went in the first round last season? Mac Jones. If Mac yeah. Jones was this year, he would blow all those other guys away. That's just how it is. But that's, that's my quarterback rant for today, kids. I think the only one that – couldn't I could make a case for that would go in the first round is Malik Willis because of talent. I'm not mm-hmm. sure about everybody else, but Malik Willis does have the arm talent that could go in the first round. Yeah, he's pretty raw, but there's upside. And before we exit this segment, I want to give a special shout out to our boy Adam, who's watching the podcast tonight. He says Kayvon Thibodeau is severely underrated, could be one of the better defenders in this draft. I agree, which is why I really want him to go to the Ravens. I think he. If he actually slides down to 14, which is crazy within itself because of his production and tape and his intangibles. Uh, if he gets to us, I believe my defense will be set for years to come. But anyway, this will this will be it for this segment. Coming up next, we will be talking about the back half of the defense, which is the safeties and cornerbacks. We are you are watching the former Ruski podcast. Welcome back to the Fumaruski Podcast by Power 88 and Fans Only Sports. My name is Justin Tucker, along with my good friends, CJ and Justin. No relation. <laughs> right now, we are talking about our favorite secondary players in this draft. Uh, so, Justin, who do you think is your favorite player in this secondary to watch in this draft? I want to see what CJ has to say. CJ always has a great point. Thanks. Uh, you know, thanks. I appreciate it, man. So, who's my guy? The one and only, my main man out of Cincinnati, Ahmad Sauce Gardner. This guy, 
He's big for a corner, six foot three, 200 pounds, runs a 4-4-140 yard dash. This guy is rangy. He's got good ball skills and he is fast. And keep in mind, his official NFL comparison is Richard Sherman. So that I know those are some big shoes to fill because Richard Sherman, those Legion of Boom days was different, but I I have no doubt in sauce Gardner's game whatsoever and i mentioned his ball skills he has sticky hands dude does not drop interceptions and i remember i was reading a stat that said like last season he didn't even allow a pass on him like that was longer than 13 yards and he's never allowed a single touchdown on him his entire career so come and he's matched up with some good receivers so don't sleep on him and he he can play zone, he can play man, he can press you. He's just he is NFL ready. And in and last season, he allowed 6.6 yards per reception, which was like one of the best among starting corners. And like I said, he can press you with the line and jab you. And he's and he doesn't let quarterbacks fool him either. You know, some quarterbacks like to, you know, shift their eyes around, you know, look somewhere else you know, kind of like luring the defense away, Sauce does not fall for that. And keep in mind, there's another first-round pick, the shifty Alabama receiver, Jamison Williams. And keep in mind, Alabama did beat Sauce Gardner School of Cincinnati, but he locked up Jamison Williams. That's the point. He locked up Williams. And... And just the way he attacks passing lanes and the fact that even though he's a corner, he's not allowed to get his hands dirty and lay out the big hits, that says a lot. And look, I know I'm rambling, but I'm a huge Sauce Gardner fan. Uh, Jay Hill, who do you like? So for me, so for me, regarding my secondary, um, I might sound wrong. Correct me if I'm not, because like, you know me, like I'm not like, you know, like with draft class and all, but, you know, first time's the first. But at the same time, like looking at like things going on lately, for my secondary person, I'm gonna pick safety Daxton Hill, and I say it's because like oh. I'm re- you said what, Je- um, Justin? I said, oh, that's interesting. Yeah, he's underrated. Yeah, and underrated. So I don't care if his, if his last name's Hill like mine, which I love my last name, no question. Oh, but I'm, I'm just why. reading. It, I'm just reading it off the back right now. If I'm getting, getting off topic, but um, Hill, he, he was a Wolverine, you know, Michigan, all that. So, you know, how um, Harbaugh, they're all about defense, the Harbaugh family, you know, you know what I mean, um, Justin, your mm-hmm. coach. So, regarding with that, he's a um, he's coming like a pretty quickly throughout his class. And, like, they're saying he's one of the best defensive backs in his class, and especially looking at the Buccaneers, knowing that they're all about defense, since it's, I love defense. Need a guy like that, especially he can learn from people like Carlton Davis and whatnot, and um, Sean Murphy Bunting. But that's that's that, that that's a key line right there. For my secondary player, I get I got a few to pick from. I can go with Trent McDuffie. I can go with Derek Stingley. But for right now, I want to go with uh, someone whose radar isn't not as high as it once was because at one point in time, he was a pop, top three pick, but I'm going with Kyle Hamilton. I, to me, I don't know why it's, 
I think it's because of the way his speed was tracked in the combine. I think his speed is where his downfall is right now, and that's why he's dropping so much. I think he was in the four sixes range, which isn't very good for a safety of the NFL level. I think like the average would be more like more so of like a four or five ish type, because when you're a safety in the NFL, you have to be more rangy, and if you're going to be in a single height system it kind of limits where he can be he can be your strong safety but i don't think you can be a free safety in that way so i just like the way he plays football man he can tackle he can track he can keep up with tight ends he can track receivers the only issue is his speed but i don't think that'll be a problem if you put him in the right system in a double high system so right now i think I appreciate him for who he is, even though I wish he was faster. I don't think he is. But in the NFL, you could improve over time, and hopefully he becomes the all-pro caliber player that I saw flashes of at Notre Dame. And hopefully he'll be able to show it uh, throughout his career in the NFL. But the only only real concern is is his speed. Can he play faster than what he's been showing? And at the Combine, didn't really show much. It didn't really show it which is unfortunate. Yeah. Hey, man, I just want to jump in on that. A bad combine performance doesn't always translate to the NFL. We've seen guys have awful combine performances and go on to be great. And he was a pretty speedy guy in in the collegiate level. So it's just, but, you know, a 40-yard dash, I think, is hugely overrated. And it's like, oh, my God, your 40 times not good. You're going to suck. No, 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 no. In what way? Does like your 40 time make you? I have no concerns for Kyle Hamilton. He's he's a bigger guy, he's got good ball skills, he can lay out hits, and and yeah, he's reasonably fast. And I have nothing to, I got I got nothing. There's nothing wrong with him in my eyes. I don't in have fact, a problem with him. Yeah, you can make a case even that he's one of the best overall players in the draft. Um it's that might be a bit of a stretch, but I see where you're coming oh, from. Oh, is it? Is it really? Yeah. Because on the official website for the NFL, you know, for all their 22 prospects, Kyle Hamilton is the highest rated prospect at a 6.81. Beating I'm not out saying guys like be. Aiden Hutchinson and Evan Neal. I mean, well, I know you're not, but I'm just saying he is the highest rated prospect in this class. So people just stop worrying about his 40 time. Yeah. I'm not worried about his 40 time. I just want to see how fast he is on the field. If he's blazing fast on the field, we don't have a problem. I could care less about the 40 time. And I've I seen players like horrendous combines and then go on to have major success in the NFL, just like, you know, for an example, Orlando Brown Jr. And he went to be pretty good for us. Oh, yeah. He was like a projected like late first, early second round pick and a bad combine. Didn't it tank him to like the fourth? He went in the third. We got oh, him and Mark Andrews in the third. That's yeah. how good the draft class we had. Or, you know, Tom Brady had a historically bad draft class. You know, every draft we see him running the 40, but <laughs> yeah. yeah, he's still kicking. He's still. I think Rich Eisen actually might be faster than him, but <laughs> maybe not now because because Brady in my I've seen Brady run like he's faster now than he was then. He should be. I'd you be know, ashamed if he wasn't fast. You know, with that whole TB12 magic that he uses. <laughs> magic. 
the method did work. Let's not forget. Yeah, it did. It's like that it, it did give him seven Super Bowl rings. So I will give y'all. Oh, yeah. Whoa, 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 whoa! He started the method. He started the method. Hold up. Guess what? Did he start in like 2013? He or something? started the method after he lost to the Giants. Oh that's God, we're doing this again. Fight. Yeah, he started. Oh, the he's after the he lost one the day where you don't mention the Giants. I look forward to it, man. Can we I gotta on? say one thing. One thing that's clarified with mention you. the Giants than the Yankees. I read not, not, <laughs> No, if you mention the Yankees, I swear I will. Guys, we got to stay on topic. <laughs> the greatest. Team I know. Ever. But uh, what I was gonna say with the draft guy, I love your. Guys, this thing, but what like what's really impressive for me? This draft class is I really want to see what the Giants are gonna do. I know Justin's gonna be, oh, why are you talking about them? But I'm gonna say one thing. I really want to see what the Giants are gonna do regarding if they're gonna draft the quarterback or just go for all defenders. So I can't wait for like what the draft is gonna hold regarding with the future because we definitely need an, an old line, we definitely need some defenders since we've lost a, a lot. So I think this class, knowing that we have the first. We have two picks in the top in the top ten, so I can't wait to see. That's why I have to get off my mind. Personally, I think you guys should go more so for O line. I don't think there's like a quarterback yeah. that is necessarily better than mm. Daniel Jones. Indeed, and that's indeed and that's been an issue for years with the Giants regarding drafting. You look at why Eli Manning retired early. We didn't have a good O line, so I definitely want to see what they're gonna do regarding yeah, yeah. with O line or defense. I just wanted to get out that out of my mind. Yeah, no problem. Uh, coming up next, our favorite segment of the day, the Fumble Rooski Fan Bucks. You are listening to the Fumble Rooski Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Fumble Worski Podcast by Power 88, Dean Radio, and Fans Only Sports. I am your wonderful host, Justin Tucker, along with my amazing co-hosts, CJ Medeiros and Justin Hill. We are now, it's about time for the Fumble Worski Fan Box. We post a question filter on our Instagram every Monday, and you can respond with hot takes, questions, and more, and more, and we will give you and we will discuss and give you a shout out to, to our podcast. Uh, the question of this week is, who is the best receiver in this draft? Before I read them out, anybody know? Do you guys have a favorite receiver in this draft? Yeah, but uh, I answer the fan box, so we'll get to it. Can't spoil um, the surprise. Fair, fair, fair enough. All right, so Stephen Parker said Drake London. That was an interesting one. I thought many people weren't going to go Drake London, but I like. I think he's a good product, and I think he'd be used amazingly in a system like San, uh, Los Angeles with the Chargers because they already have Keenan Allen and Mike Williams. If they give, if they get Drake London, that that might be pretty ridiculous. Uh, the next one is CJ, and he says Drake London. Oh yeah, that is my dude, Drake London. 
He's basically like a skinny DK Metcalf. He's like 6'5", 210, 33-inch yeah. arms. He's long. He's fast. He's got an amazing work ethic. He can play outside. He can play in the slot. He's a deep threat, but he can bowl people over. He's he's strong. He's fast. He's agile. But uh, my only big knock on him is his injury history. As correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe there's like a stat that says like I don't think he's played more than like eight games in a season. That's gonna need to change. But overall, I would say he's a great player. And if you know, but you know, the NFL is like elite conditioning coaches. So hopefully his injury history goes away. But trust me, if you if he lands the right team, this guy could be a future Hall of Famer. And a lot of people already compare him to Mike Evans. So I have like total confidence in Drake London. He is, in my opinion, probably the best receiver in this draft. Maybe an argument could be made for Garrett Wilson, but I'm a I'm a Drake London guy. I agree. I think he he's definitely a top three receiver in this draft class. Uh, Tyson Tate, a regular on the show, says no brainer. My Bama brother, Jameson Williams, John Mechie going second round. So he, mm. he's basically picking all the Bama receivers, which is kind of a cop-out, but I'll accept it. Uh, yeah, Tyson, I, I agree. My only knock on both of them is that you're kind of playing the long game if you draft them, because as it sits with both Williams and Mechie, there's like no guarantee that they are going to be healthy to start the season. Mm-hmm. But both of them have tremendous upside. I agree. When they were in healthy in college, look at the results. They were pre- pretty damn good together. Right. Yep. Mm-hmm. If only Jameson Williams was healthy in that national championship game, it might have been different. But Brian Mucker, know. Brian Mucker, who again is out for this episode of the show, uh, he says Drake London as well. I, uh, me and I'm noticing Brian, a theme. I'm noticing it too. Jack Grubb says Jameson Williams, if the ACL doesn't hurt his 40 time or Garrett Wilson with that vertical. Now this is Garrett Wilson is one that I don't hear often or often enough, but I, I, I agree with that one. I think he can be one of the best receivers in this draft class. Oh yeah. Uh, James, yeah. Yeah. The thing he, with a, oh, sorry. No, go no, ahead. Um, Garrett Wilson is actually the highest graded receiver in this draft. Now, it's something like I disagree with. Like I guess I'm a Drake London guy. But for me, Garrett Wilson's a close number two. Ran a 4-3-8-40. And for, but see, here's the thing. He's kind of like a jack of all trades. Everything a receiver is supposed to be good at, he's good at. He's good at everything. But he's not great. You know, he doesn't stick out in one area. But if he polishes up his game, oh, man, he's going to be something special. Special. Yeah. I, I agree. Uh Jacob Buckley says Drake London. <sighs> a lot more You're darn right. Love on this. Nick Norman said, I don't know about best, but I think people are under underrating Johan Dotson. Yes, I think not enough is said about him. That receiver out of Penn State is different. Uh, yeah, I mean, he, he's good. He's got some potential, don't get me wrong, but I'm not the biggest Jahan Dotson fan, and I'm not saying he can't be great, but here's what I see. He's fast. 
he's uh, compared to Emmanuel Sanders, mm-hmm. but he doesn't work between the hashes. He's not a good slot receiver, and uh, he's more of like a deep guy. But you know, if you're a deep threat, you have to run precise routes, and he kind of like fades off at the end. Route running's a question, and his hands are good, but my but my biggest red flag for him is despite the fact he's a deep threat, he has not shown consistently that he can win those 50-50 balls. Mm-hmm. But so you just he, you want him to catch more 50-50 balls? Uh, well, that. Plus, I'd like to see crisper route running. But don't get me wrong. He's a late first-round pick. Maybe early second if he slides, but that's a good space for him. He like like His game needs some polish, but this is another guy that I, I, I like him, though. I mean, I'm not going to say he's a scrub and should be undrafted, but there's some work mm-hmm. that needs to be done. You know, you're not perfect. You just came from college. If he lands with the right team, he could also really be dangerous. Yeah. And Jacob Grubb says Danny Gray, sleeper pick. Uh, Well, um, that, that's something. <laughs> I, I personally have nothing against Danny Gray. But, yeah. I mean, but he's not a, a first-round pick. Like, yeah. where did he go, like, SMU or – Something like that. Yeah, Danny Gray, SMU. I, I just have his profile right here, but he's fast, let me tell you. He runs a 4-3-3. That's, that'll do. That'll and, do. But, yeah, speed kills in the NFL. Look at guys like Tyreek Hill. He was a late-round draft pick, but his speed was just unbelievable. So, yeah, Danny Gray is like also one of my sleepers. My only problem with this question is I don't hear enough about Chris Olave or Trey Burks and Sky Moore. I, I'm I'm kind of a low key fan of Sky Moore, and I think he understandable will show his production in the league. But I don't hear much about Chris Olave. I keep hearing about you know the regulars, the Drake Londons, the the Jameson Williams, but not enough about Chris Olave, which I get. But last Firstly, year, I think Garrett, I think Garrett Wilson's better. But you know what? I'll tell you what, Tucker. After the show, I'll uh, I'll send you my receiver rankings. All right. And I want to just bounce them off you, you know? Mm-hmm. Anything else, guys? Anything you guys want to get off your mind? Justin, right. Hill, what about you? This has just been a great show, you guys, tonight. Oh, th- thanks. <laughs> oh, yeah. We give 100. Stop it. <laughs> All right, that'll do it for us tonight, guys. Thank you for listening. Stay tuned for us live Tuesdays and Thursdays at 7.30 on Twitter and Facebook through Fans Only Sports Network. Be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel. We also have all our episodes available on Spotify, Spreaker, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts, and so much more. Also, be sure to follow our Instagram, Fumbaruski underscore podcast, to keep up with our podcast and the latest coverage on the NFL. Otherwise, we will see you over and out.